Well, thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful for the good lives we have. First world nation, we know that we have many blessings that people have never had throughout all of history. Readiness of food, peace and security. We ask that we would be forever thankful that we have been given this opportunity to serve you present your son and his gospel to others. Help us find that way. In your son's name, amen. I was talking to Black Kenny a few weeks ago and uh, about, he, he would, you know, he's Nigerian, so you know, things surprise him when he runs across. You're, you grew up in the evangelical church, you know, and you got certain things that are common knowledge and sometimes people discover things that are a surprising element that you didn't realize was there. At the top of Acts 24 there on the right hand side, Paul is talking before Felix <coughs> and the Jews. But this I admit to you, that according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers believing everything laid down by the law or written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these themselves accept, that, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Well, the point I wanted to make is it was called the way. That was the name of the sect, your religion. Actually, I thought we were called Christians. Yeah, 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 you are. But it used to be called the way. Now, there's a cult out of Ohio called the way, uh, been a cult since the 70s, uh, following a guy named Victor Paul Wirewheel. It, it, just, it, it just sounds like Wirewheel, but it's a German Wirewheel. Who doesn't believe Christian things, and, but they snag the name The Way. And I think some of the translations of the Living Bible are titled The Way. But it was, I was talking to Kenny about it, and... Uh, he was thrilled by this, because it, it's in Acts, uh, Acts somewhere, Acts 11, I think. For a whole year they met with the church, this is in Antioch, and taught a large company of people, and in Antioch, the disciples were for the first time called Christians. So at one point, they actually have a record of our name shifting from the way, and it's still used as the way, because Paul's using it late in Acts identifying himself as a member of the way. Well, since I've been in this conversation, it had been, an, you might say, intriguing to me to be thinking about the way. Many, not just the word, the phrase, you know, when people talk about the Tao, T-A-O, the Tao, it means the way. And so you have many people claiming that they've got a way for you to follow, a, a thing for you to involve yourself in, whether it's the Noble Eightfold Path or it's the, whatever, the Tao Te Ching, the Tao of Steve. But we are not trying to own the word. We're not trying to... Um, uh, get some sort of copyright trademark status so we can sue anybody who uses the way inappropriately. 
It's not important to us that way because we could just shift over to Christians and say, well, they've ruined that too. So what, what do we move on to next? I don't know. Come up with something. The point is, what does being a part of the way, when St. Paul says it to his um, judges, he says, I've lived in accordance with the way. Now I want you to look at what he, how he breaks that down. That according to the way, I worship, I have hope in God. Verse 16, so I always take pains to have a clear conscience. Now, what you have is expressions that are sort of trickling out of the way. That according to the way. Now a little later on, I don't want to spoil anything, but you've had your Bibles for a while, so you might already know this. In verse 22, about halfway down that paragraph, but Felix, that's the Roman proconsul, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way. So, Paul's talking, he's not telling someone who's clueless, this Roman officer um, knows what's going on, has heard about Christianity, heard about the way, and has accurately heard about it. And so he uh, um, is pushing off the Jews who are trying to railroad St. Paul at this moment. We need to have that, you know, Paul, I am living according to the way. Felix, the proconsul, is saying, um, yeah, I know what the way is. And the Christians 2,000 years later going, how would, I, how would I describe this? How would I describe Christianity if someone said, what, what is this faith of yours? What, what must I do to be saved? Or what is it to live the Christian life? You know, most of us have been Christians for a bit. You know, some more than others. I, I became a Christian when I was eight. I'm 65, so it's a bit, a bit of time. I wasted a lot of years. But eventually you get down to studying the way. So that you can think about whether you live according to it and whether or not you share with St. Paul those qualities, the hopes, the worship, the pains, the clear conscience, so that someone else with an accurate knowledge of the way would look at you and go, yeah, he's got the way down. Do you have the ability to find the way you live by? Because it's, it's, I think people like catechisms for this reason. I think they like creeds. They like to be able to chant something back to you. But you also should have found something. I, you could say the Apostles' Creed and go, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's true. I was looking at the Lord's Prayer the other day when it says, well, you know, teach us to pray. And he says, you know, when you pray, pray then like this. The Our Father, we all know. And we, I, you know, I could start the Our Father, Our Father, which art in heaven. And then you could all say, hallowed. And you never pronounce the E-D on the ends of words, except there. Hallowed be thy name. We all know it. Now some of us, thankfully, we're a group of Christians that 
we're not trying to be a church like that where we say it but don't believe it, say it, don't live by it. We know that we're having um, we're having, you might say, the benefit of something said by Christ or something said by the apostles that we could just quote and it does represent what you believe. But you also want to be able to say what you believe in your own words, like Paul is doing. He's standing up. He, Luke is recording this historic moment, and he's saying, look, according to the way, this is what I believe. I have a hope in God. I believe the prophets. There will be a resurrection of the just and the unjust. And so I want to live with a clear conscience. Do you know how important certain things you believe are. Paul knows that his religion, although it's a sect, the way, were followers of the Christ, but that it has a thread that runs through the whole Old Testament. That according to the law or written in the prophets, I, am, I have this continuity my hope is measured the same way their hope was measured. The righteousness, the same righteousness. Are you ready to describe your life that way? For the hope of the gospel. As it says, always ready to make a defense for the hope that is in you. And we're not talking about you getting a friend together and going door to door in various neighborhoods in town and just not cold calling on people to represent Jesus Christ. That's just fine to do. But you, we all need to be ready that when somebody at work says, I, I hear you're weird. Yeah, I'm weird. I believe a dead Jew 2,000 years ago was God, almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And you don't smile at that point because it's more effective if you don't smile. And they look at you and they say, your eyes don't seem crazy. I say, yeah, they don't, do they? But I believe a dead Jew is God Almighty. And you get down brass tacks. Do you know what the way is? Do you know what the hope is? Do you know what it's according to? Have you lived taking pains? I like that. I made that in red. Pains to have a clear conscience. I'm looking at things, I had a call the other day from, you know, friends who like our ministry but don't live here and so they called with a question involving real estate and the things that can go wrong. And we have concerns that are just not just practical but ethical. Taking pains, wanting to do the right thing, not wanting to be selfish, not wanting to be self-interested. Wanting to be able to serve the people that may have wronged them, may have wronged them substantially. And wanting to do the right thing. So St. Paul is saying this to Felix. Now after some years I came to bring to my nation alms and offerings as I was doing this. They found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult. But some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you and, make, and to make an accusation if they have anything against me. Or else let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they found when I stood before the council. 
except this one thing, which I cried out while standing among them, with respect to the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial before you this day. Now that's what happened. That's how he got into a Roman jail. He had been in Jerusalem. There had been a debate over in the Sanhedrin, which was uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection or spirit or the afterlife or anything. They were kind of liberals. And the uh, Pharisees did. And as soon as Paul, and Paul was raised a Pharisee, and, he's, and they were fighting over this way, and he said, with respect to the resurrection of the dead, I'm on trial this day. And all the Pharisees then suddenly shifted over to St. Paul's side. And they said, well, he sounds like he's got some good ideas. Fight started. They thought Paul was going to get torn apart, so the Tribune rescues him. So what's going on? So Paul's recounting that moment. And Felix is hearing in the next verse, but Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way. Now I have a coin at home that Felix issued in Palestine. It's in a drawer. It's pretty awful old piece of rusty metal, but supposedly Felix issued it. Um, I don't know why that just came to mind. He had a rather accurate knowledge of the way. So when Paul says, in respect to the resurrection of the dead, he is not merely saying it to annoy the Sadducees present and to praise the Pharisees. He's talking to Felix. Felix is hearing it with somebody who understands what's going on. What a good opportunity for you, defining the way. Knowing what's important to speak of. What is really ordinary? Do do I have to go to church? No. Come on. Church attendance. Do I have to believe in the Trinity? Look, the church has gotten a little off the rails. And it's not that it's, you know, I'd love to have you come to church. I'd love to have you believe in the Trinity, for heaven's sake. But it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the death for our sins. It is the life taking pains to have a clear conscience before him. Felix says, when Lysias the tribune comes down, I'll decide your case. And he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but should have some liberty that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. Kind of a nice house arrest circumstance. After some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak upon faith in Christ Jesus. Now, you want to always look, when Paul gives his testimony, in the next chapter he does too with, with uh, Festus, the next proconsul, because he stays in jail for quite a while. These guys don't get things done. But uh, where, where does their conversation lie? And where does the point, you know, it's, there's all sorts of wrong things in the world. There's all sorts of misunderstanding by people. There's all sorts of disagreements we could be in. 
For all the things that were wrong in ancient Rome, the apostles didn't talk about them. They talked about sin and righteousness and judgment. They talked about the answer that was Jesus Christ. Because look what, how it, the conversation goes from faith in Christ Jesus. And as he argued about, and that, look how it's sort of the t- conversation has been redefined. And as he argued about justice, self-control, and future judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I have an opportunity, I will summon you. Now, Christians, we, we could differ about a lot of things. I, mean, I differ with most of you, probably. I'm pretty sure I differ with all of you about something. What do we differ about, honey? It's about uh, something in the kitchen. I leave the water running. I just leave the water running. Doing anything, turn the water on, walk away for five minutes, come back, turn it off. I like the sound of the water running. For me, it's a civilized gentleman's use of the planet, wasting as much as I can. You're welcome. All those things you did to save water, I'm just running it down the drain. And I heat it up first, too, so. So my wife doesn't always appreciate my running of the tap. But most of you have got really big, big problems with theological, philosophical, political, whatever. But we're all Christians. In, in, in import, we know we have come to a place that we share, you might say, dearly with each other. That Jesus Christ died to save sinners. Faith in Jesus Christ. Justice, self-control, and future judgment. I don't think anybody here, you know, because we're not a liberal church, well, I don't believe in future judgment anymore. Well, okay, you probably couldn't find a Methodist church someplace. Justice. Look, that's what Felix gets into a state where he goes, okay, sounds like this is getting a little personal. We could talk about faith in Christ. People, non-believers, might be happy to talk about an apologetic for whether Jesus really lived in history and whether his death, you know, faith in Christ. Well, that's kind of nice. Everybody likes that. But really, it's about justice, self-control, and future judgment. Therefore, faith in Christ is necessary. He died to save sinners from the judgment. And what I want you to do is when you think about whether you go do I want to call myself a Christian? You ever have those sorts of moments where you wanted to pick a nickname for yourself? I was talking to Wesley the other day. He'd like to go by West, which I think is appropriate because everyone calls the poor lad Wesley. There's a T in there. So to get them past that, he wants to go by West. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, like Jim West, the wild, wild West. Um, We'd like to pick our names. You know, there's some people who really got away with murder. You know, when Sting decided he was going to be called Sting. And what kind of schmuck is he? I mean, 
Yeah, I want to be called, or Slash. Slash, yeah, I want to be called Slash. Well, I knew a girl, I may have mentioned her before, junior high. Song came out by, uh, who was it, Tommy Rowe? Dizzy. Dizzy. She wanted to be called Dizzy. <laughs> and we were happy to oblige. <laughs> because she was not a full deck. So I don't know if you've been harboring a secret nickname, or you would love, really love it, you know, if the Christians were called something tough, you know, um, like the Hell's Angels. You can't, I mean, that's, sin always gets a better, you know, a better naming um, pattern. We want to know what this way is. We want to be able to say with Felix, the Roman proconsul, who doesn't like talking about these things but has been, he has a rather accurate knowledge of the way. Is that how you describe you? A rather accurate knowledge of the way? You know, because we get called down to business when we get an accurate knowledge of the way, because it has to do with justice, self-control, and future judgment. And the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The fact that he was God and was killed. And then raised from the dead. And then ascended to be with the Father. Go away, he said, for the present. When I have an opportunity, I will summon you. And that's what happens to us. When we don't like the accurate knowledge of the way, we will do something. Well, How is what you have done measured? His measure... Felix keeps Paul in jail for two years. I mean, nice circumstances. Friends can look in on him. Keeps him in jail for two years until he retires and hands the proconsulate over to Festus. And now Festus has got this guy in jail. So the next scene is a different Roman proconsul. What's the, what's the measure of your accurate knowledge. What does it do? Does, does your alarm cause you to step away from devotion, step away from the pursuit of God and his righteousness, taking pains to have a clear conscience? Or do you say, no, no, I'd like to still look pretty religious, so uh, I will go find a church that's full of liturgy and full of ritual and full of you know, the right kind of waving the chicken and the smells and, and the antiquity and the, the saints and the pretty pictures so that I can have an inaccurate knowledge of the way. Now when I say that, nobody likes to talk about our own mistakes or getting it wrong, so alarm is generally what happens when people go, oh, you mean this is, this is about sin? You know, I heard that Christians are, you know, judged not. Or I heard that, you know, it's much better to be accepting if you can only be accepting. No. This is a God, and God wants it a certain way. If you want another religion, find another religion where the God you claim can say things that you like to hear. This is Christianity. And so consequently, the justice, self-control, and future judgment are his. And that's what I wanted, the second half of the page. John 13, going into 14. Because when, I probably sprang to mind when you saw it too, that the members of the way 
that according to the way, an accurate understanding of the way, is presuming something that I encourage you to be thinking about, what would you say it is? When he had gone out, Jesus said, this is the Last Supper. It got a little awkward with Judas. Remember him? Always played by a shifty-eyed person in the movies that's looking very, very nervous because he's bad, right? We know he's bad because he betrays Jesus Christ. And Jesus, knowing that he was going to betray him, sends him off on his way in the preceding passage. Where was it? Um... In chapter 13, it's not on the sheet, uh, when he dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after the morsel, Satan entered into him, and Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him, I think because the disciples were clueless about everything, but I digress. Some thought that because Judas had the money box, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he immediately went out, and it was night. So the first line we have here, when he had gone out, that's speaking of Judas. Jesus has just sent the guy who's going to betray him away from the moment. He knows that things, he's basically flipped the switch on the bomb and the, the numbers are rolling down, you know, like in a James Bond movie when the nuclear warhead is triggered and they have those red digital things that are going tick, 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 tick. Jesus knows he sent Simon, uh, Judas Iscariot out to betray him. He knows that. Knows it's going to happen. Knows how it's going to go down. He's just admitted that tonight, today, whenever, is going to get killed. And he says, now is the Son of Man glorified. And in him, God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, so I now say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, that sets up that, you know, Jesus is really good at making people confused, so that you who pursue him will know that there's something to get at. The beginning of this idea of the way is you want to get at it itself. You want to know what it is. You'd be happy if a church you started to come to had a little thing out in the foyer with a, you know, the, the, the 11 points, the 11 general orders of the um, membership to all souls. These are the things you do to be a good Christian. We'd like that. We'd, we'd like to have the search at least be quick. I didn't have to go look in the basement of the church. But he starts saying things like this. I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. This is taking you someplace. Life is. I was thinking, I think too much about certain things, and I apologize. But 
I'm not, I don't believe in time, but I believe in movement. So I think of everything in terms of not time going by, but movement going by, and stuff, your actions are taking you places. Less of growing old, you're going somewhere. That's that little distinction. You're going somewhere rather than getting older. Because there isn't any getting older, because time doesn't exist. I thought I told you that. And you don't have to believe that to come to church here. But the idea of going somewhere is huge in it. And when the Lord says, where I'm going, you cannot come. Suddenly you go, hello. There's more to this, perhaps. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He says it multiple times. In other words, he says, the pains we take to have a clear conscience, the image we have to live accurately according to the way, it's going to have this quality, love. Not just love for, you know, somebody you don't agree with of a different religion. Love them too. Love your enemies, it says. But there's a special love that the believers have for each other. That's how you know. It's a special, it's a special bond. So he's, he's saying, you can't come where I'm going, but I will leave you with a way of being. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Because that's just a natural thing Simon would ask. Jesus answered, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Okay, right. We couldn't come there, but it's really a matter of delay to get there. Let's not talk about that loving one another part yet. Let's talk about the interesting metaphysics. Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I follow you now? It's almost like Peter needs to be disciplined like a five-year-old in the back of the car on the way to somebody's house or vacation. Why can't I do this? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. It's going to be a bad day for you, Peter. Everything you think you know. You don't yet live according to the way. You don't have an accurate knowledge of it. You think you can posture yourself in so many ways, in so many places in the Christian world. We are given places to stand that make us feel like we're in a religious enough posture. It's not a, I'm not in trouble with some cult leader. I'm not doing weird things. I'm not apostatizing. I'm not heterodox. We think we stand in an okay place where we say, yes, I would, I would lay my life down for it. No, you wouldn't. You'd deny me three times by morning. And Christ moves on in the first verse of chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. Now that goes back 
I want you to be thinking about Paul's talk with Felix. He talked about faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? And Christ is coming to it. Believe in God. Believe in me. In my house are many, my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. I don't want you to lose, I mean, there's a lot of convoluted, riddle-sounding words. But, one key thing I want you to pick up on this morning. A huge part of the way, we think of the way, like the Tao, kind of a, a path, right? The path you walk. It's not natural, because that's what a way, a highway, a throughway, a tollway, those are all paths you take. And I think that's not inaccurate here. But he's also telling you that the way is the method by which. He says, you know, how you're going to get where I'm going? Because I'm going to come back and get you. Right? I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. If the question is, how do I get to where I'm going? What do I believe I'm going to? Life eternal, forgiven in God. How do I get there? Part of it is the love for the brethren. Part of it is Jesus is going to come and take me. Personally, not metaphorically. And you know the way where I am going. So consequently, what do we have? We have belief, you believe in me, love one another, I'll come get you. Is that your belief? Beginning point. Believing in him, love one another, I'll come get you. You know where I'm going, you know the way where I am going. And Thomas, being a few bricks shy, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And I can sort of of picture him fiddling with his toes during this conversation where he's not really paying attention. This is the guy that doubts after he's raised from dead. Thomas the twin. Lord, we do not know where you're going. What are the Christians? Do we know where he went? He ascended to be with the Father. What is the way? Belief, love, his personal involvement. This is the thing about a personal religion. We're not just believing in a God or a theological construct or a definition. We're believing that as much as you know the God, the God knows you more. Because he's the God in the relationship. But he is an agent. I will come again and take you to myself. And Thomas asked, we don't know. We don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. Because we're not paying a whole lot of attention to, you might say, the Christ's definition. And he comes back hard on Thomas. Jesus said to him, 
I am the way. This is, he's not saying it, you, you know, out of whole cloth as an inspirational thing to put on a billboard as you drive down the road, looking at it, or something on your Facebook feed. It's a great line. It's a, it's like a, Thomas, you know, just like he did to Peter. Peter just said, I would, you know, I'm a great disciple. He said, no, you're going to deny me by morning three times. Thomas says, I don't know what's happening here. Jesus goes, I'm what's happening here. Not a system, not a religious pattern. Jesus Christ, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Do you understand how narrow, how complete, and how, in many ways, the personal, the, 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 what's it called that Lewis wrote with, uh, what's his face? The personal heresy, I think it was called. Tilliard. Tilliard. I always forget his name. Thank you. Um, on poets, poets and poetry. About, are we about the poet or are we about the poem? Lewis went for the poem. Tilliard went for the poet. But here, it's the poet. Here, the way is Christ himself. The truth is Christ himself. The life is Christ himself. And to get where you're going, do you know where you're going? No one comes to the Father but by me. This is about life eternal. This is about man's unification with the God who made all things. And that's what we're about. We're trying to find our path to the God who made all things. So the right place for his creation would be found. Because the whole idea is he made a good creation. You're supposed to find in Christ, in yourself, the good creation and be living that. The life, in one sense, when we say the way as the path, that's what the life is. Because he says, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be here. You can't come where I'm going, not yet anyway. Once you love each other. That's the life he's given us. We've been renewed as human beings. We've been revivified to love one another. So that has the path quality to it. The um, method by which is the personal quality. I am the way. I just told you I'd come back and get you and take you there. That means I'm the way. And since he's going to come back and take you there, I don't know what your eschatology is, I don't know how you view the end times, but I think that we have, uh, oh, countless thousands of views of the end times. We want to know that the future judgment, justice, self-control, those are all parts of this. And so we're, we're looking at that. No, as soon as I know that I'm going to be gotten by the God, I'm not searching some mountaintop in Nepal for the God. The God has found me. 
as it says in that passage in Paul, we have come to know God or rather be known by him. Um, this is a, a crucial point of belief. Do you believe this kind of thing? I sometimes like to word the Christian life and what we believe. We believe a dead Jew 2,000 years ago is God Almighty. Because if you try to filter that through the centuries of the church, the church has made that comment far more sanctified. It's glorious. It's great. But when the church gets done saying it, it's sometimes too easy to believe. Right? You're just like, a, Oh yeah, Jesus Christ. He's like Robin Hood. Or... You know, I believe in him like I believe in King Arthur. I, I Really, it's easy to believe in King Arthur. There's so many movies. It's easy to believe in Jesus Christ being God. All you have to do is find somebody who looks kind of like ben, Jim Caviezel and you've got, you're there. You, know, you believe in Jesus. <coughs> Say it the worst possible way. I believe that a Jew of no account who started to teach in Palestine in the first half of the first century AD, killed by the Jews and the Romans, was God himself, God Almighty, followed by 11 faithful apostles, one bastard who turned him over to the Jews and the Romans. And his death was not permanent. He was raised from the dead. And that power, victory over death, sacrifice for sin, all those things combined made his act for you absolutely important because I am a sinner. If I want to come to the Father, if I want to find that path back from what's broken in the world, we see, we've enjoyed maybe either good TV, the activities in Washington, D.C. for the last few months, but it's more than reality TV. It's broken people broken worlds and uh, wish that somebody was about do not doing it that way. Well you are. You're the Christian. You are finding your way to the good creation that God made. Loving your brothers. Loving your sisters. Loving your God. Believing in justice. Believing in self-control. And knowing that you have found a pattern of life. If, I, if you had known me you would have known my father also. Henceforth you know him and have seen him. We have not only found the way to the Father, we have encountered a meeting personally with someone who is identical with the Father. I know Christ, I know God. I included the last verse there, I jumped ahead because I didn't want to go into all the richness of the rest of the passage, but I wanted this verse 21 of the same chapter. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This idea of the way. Know where you're going. Know where you're headed. Do you want to be with God the Father? Do you want to know the creator of all things and have lived in a way faithful to it so that he will bless you? These are instructions. If I read through the teaching of Christ, it says, do what I say, because if you love me, you do what I say. And if you love me, you'll be loved by my Father. Because 
This is not a one-sided religion where petty humans try to please the God. The God is active in you, loving you, saving you. You've encountered God to that degree, to the degree you follow this. This commandment that you let your love have that effect. Well, there's a lot of richness in there. Spend time in the Gospels. He is your God. Let's thank him. Dear Lord, we're very grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. We're grateful for the way and the truth and the life. We'd ask that we would be driven to the goal that he set out, that we'd accept your grace through him to carry us there, to take us to be with you. Thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.